Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. More specifically, well, we've got about seven podcasts in seven days. This is day two. What's today's podcast all about? Well, this should be a pretty easy one to guess. It is State of Origin Game 1 Preview taking place tomorrow night at Adelaide Oval. State versus State, Mate versus Mate, the Queensland Maroons with some big changes up against a New South Wales Blues outfit with plenty of pressure and criticism waiting in the wings around selection if this team can't live up to the hype it's created for itself. Massive game. If last year's season was anything to go by, I think we can already tell we are in for an electric series ahead. And today, it's all about jumping into the preview. Now, I'm going to try and keep it somewhat to a reasonable length, so this one isn't going to be like Lord of the Rings movie length. Just a, a quick preview. Also, shout out to the Women's State of Origin game taking place this Thursday night. Uh, should be an absolute cracker, as it always is, and it sets the tone nicely uh, for what is the biggest season of NRLW yet, uh, only just around the corner. So do not forget about the women's game on Thursday night, uh, just as much of a feature of this weekend's footy as everything else. But today, we're going to keep it strictly to tomorrow night's game. Game 1 of 3 in the 2023 series. Game 1, of course, taking place at a neutral venue, Adelaide Oval. Last time I checked, South Australia weren't in state of origin. uh, But this is just something they seem to like to do. Have a neutral venue. So it actually shapes this Game 1 at the neutral venue as probably the most crucial and important game. History would suggest you win game one, you will go on to win the series. History would also suggest if you can win at the neutral venue, your odds significantly boost at taking out the series. So yes, this is only game one of three, but as far as the series and the bigger picture of State of Origin, it does not get much bigger than this. And now, There's nothing else to do. We are going to get right amongst it. State of Origin, Game 1. This is the preview. Now, today's podcast is all about the 2023 series, Game 1 specifically. Uh, But it would be remiss of me not to acknowledge the foundation on which Origin was built. The legends like Arthur Beetson, Wally Lewis, Mick Cronin, uh, you jump a bit further ahead, uh, your Andrew Johns, and things like that. So we've had some iconic origin moments all the way from game one, way, way back uh, with Artie Beetson, of course, the famous incident with Mick Cronin. So we always have to acknowledge, especially those who are playing in the game, the foundation on which origin was built. Uh, because what it has turned into It's really been on the back of the players that have actually been taking part in the games. So many stories in origin folklore. So many iconic moments is the best way I can put it. The first one that comes to mind, Gordon Tellis lassoing Brett Hodgson over the sideline. That is just one of many. And unfortunately for my bloodthirsty fuckwit self, there aren't any punch-ons anymore which is sad, but Origin still has not lost its edge. It is as physical as ever, and the excitement and the fanfare, it it is bigger than ever as well. So we find ourselves in a huge position, but before we jump into Game 1, very important to acknowledge the foundation on which Origin was built. But now, let's fast forward to 2023, and we'll just quickly dial it back to last year's series, given that that was the most recent origin we've got a taste of, Queensland winning the series. And I'll tell you right now, proud Queenslander, so loved that. 
And yeah, New South Wales, they look like they could have had a dynasty of their own. But every second year or so, they let Queensland win the Shield. So Blues really failing to capitalise on having an all-star team. And last year, Queensland got it done. Ben Hunt, an iconic moment of his own. One that he truly deserved uh, to cinch up the game. Queensland, they're looking to defend their Origin Shield. It's going to be a big ask, given how stacked New South Wales are. Uh, But Queensland, Daily Chair Evans has specifically spoken about the inconsistencies. Yeah, they've won a series here or there under Cherry Evans, but they want to go to that next level. And how do they go to that next level? Back-to-back Origin Shields. They need to defend the shield they earned last year. So Queensland coming in with heaps of motivation, as are the Blues. It sets us up for an absolute belter of a series. Now, we look at the coaches first. Billy Slater making some very bold calls heading into this year's series. And Slater, one from one. One origin series, one win, and he's brought through, well, a crop of young players who look like they'll hold Queensland in pretty good stead for years to come. So Billy Slater, so far, no criticism. And how could you criticize a man that has a 100% success rate? At origin level but now if we see Queensland struggle during this series if they are to miss your Kellen Pongers if they miss Gagai if they miss Christian Welch then all of a sudden look we know what origins about the criticism will come so for Billy Slater he's really put his fucking balls on the line hasn't he with some huge calls whilst Brad Fittler he is someone that has been no stranger to the criticism directed at the coach uh, for failures at origin level. At times, it's been around Freddie's selection, and despite really being the best coach they've had uh, since that Queensland decade of dominance, there are still calls that maybe Freddie Fittler not the man for the job. Now, in my opinion, I do think Brad Fittler, he's the guy to take this team forward. He knows what origin is all about, and they've had some great success under Freddie. It's just been the inconsistency, the ability uh, to get back-to-back origin shields and really start a run of significance, which, look, it's understandable why people expect that. Now the tides have turned. It's New South Wales with the all-star lineup. But for Freddie, he's under huge pressure here, no doubt. If Blues lose the series, this could be his last as the coach so very high stakes for the men at the helm of both states and now i'm just going to quickly jump into the team lists of course no latrell mitchell a late withdrawal i spoke about that on the weekend rap podcast so that sees stephen crichton come into the centers still talk nathan cleary toothache for goodness sake like I, i will be shocked if nathan cleary is ruled out Uh, with a tooth infection. Stranger things have happened, but yeah, it's just classic origin. It's like, oh, a headline about Nathan Cleary's tooth. Cool. Uh, I don't think it really is relevant. Now, it could, of course, it could get worse, a tooth infection. I'm not a dentist, but yeah, I doubt Nathan Cleary is going to withdraw from this game. Uh, So let's get into the team lists. I'll start with the Blues. Captain James Tedesco at fullback. Uh, we've got on the wings Brian Toto, Josh Adokar, Stephen Crichton, and Tom Trebojevic in the centres. Panthers halves of Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Making up the Ford pack for the Blues, we have Tavita Pangai Jr. on debut. He is certainly a firebrand. Uh, as a Queenslander, it does worry me that Tavita standing across from us. Now, some people may think. Tavita's out there to be a madman, to cut loose and just cause chaos. But if there's one thing we've learnt in the past, I guess, six months or so under Cameron Seraldo and the team at the Bulldogs, it's these subtle changes to Tavita Pangai's game. It's this controlled chaos uh, that he's been able to bring that has actually earned him this origin selection. So I don't actually expect 
Tevita Pangai Jr. to play that madman role, I think it's going to be much more controlled chaos, and that scares me as a Queensland fan. Tevita Pangai Jr. definitely has a bit of edge, a bit of oomph uh, in that front row. Api Korosau in the number nine, uh, getting ahead of Damian Cook in the race. Payne Haas up front, best front rower in the world. Again, as a Queenslander, not that keen uh, to be up against Payne this weekend. Luckily, personally, uh, I'm not. I think I'd fucking disgrace the state if I was playing up against Payne Haas. I'd, I, don't, I don't know how you tackle him. You try to take him around the legs, no way. You try to take him up top, he bumps you off. So this is a problem I'm glad I don't have. I would probably rather jump off fucking, I don't know. I, I don't want to say jump off a bridge. That's a bit too grim, isn't it? Uh, I wouldn't want to tackle Payne House, put it that way. In the back row, Tyson Frizzell and Hudson Young. I know a lot of people have said Hudson made for Origin. As someone who's followed his career closely, through the good and the bad, I think about suspensions for eye gouging, Hudson Young is made for origin. And like Tevita Pangai Jr., it's these changes to his game and the ability to control all that chaos and aggression that has got him to this point. So Hudson Young, uh, I think this is the start of a long future in the Blues jersey. Isaiah Yo in the lock forward position. On the bench, Junior Paolo, Cameron Murray, Liam Martin, and Nico Hines. Matt Burton comes in for the 18th man duties. Of course, originally Stephen Crichton in that spot. Well, he's now got the call up into the first team. No Campbell Graham with a sternum injury. A lot of people with different opinions on that. Uh, But I just see this as what it is. Stephen Crichton, he was the 18th man. He's been the one training with the side. Uh, So it makes total sense to bring a big gib blame fucking english big game player like stephen crichton into the mix now but matt burton he has been rushed into camp of course i mean nathan cleary's toothache that might see nico hines start and matt burton join the bench so already this series we've seen the 18th man might have a little bit more involvement uh, than we thought heading into things 19th man, Stefano Utoikamanu. This is going to be nothing but good for the Tigers to have one of the future pillars of their front row, mixing it up with the elite of the elite. So I like that a lot. In fact, from 1 to 19, Blues, I I really can't fault that outfit. No Luttrell, massive loss. I thought Campbell Graham had done way more than enough to warrant selection. Uh, But as far as the side that is going to run out, I really can't fault it. Onto the Queensland team now, though. And like I said, Billy the Kid, Billy Slater, not shying away from making some pretty bold calls. At the first, Reese Walsh into fullback over Kellen Ponga. Now, as far as selections, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because that could turn a 40-minute podcast into a two-hour podcast. Uh, but on the surface, big call. But of course, Kellen Ponga hasn't even been playing at fullback. He's barely been able to string together a consistent run of games. And Reese Walsh, in the hottest form of his life, with the potential as well uh, to be an absolute superstar in the Origin arena. So Billy Slater, he's pulled the trigger. I honestly thought they were going to go with Kellen Ponga, uh, but Reese Walsh into fullback. Huge make or break for the young kid. We've seen before. I mean, think about a Justin Hodges. We've seen superstar players in the past really struggle on debut. And with Reese Walsh, it could go either way. He could make a few mistakes, which he's prone to, or he could completely flip this game on its head. As far as Queensland, like obviously Cameron Munster is the guy of the team. But when you look at someone like Reese Walsh, He just has those intangible qualities and that ability to break a tight game wide open. So very keen to see how Reese Walsh goes in his Queensland debut. Still sad as a Warriors fan uh, that he left, but we're getting Roger Tuovasa-Shek back and this is also not about the Warriors, sadly. So Reese, you broke my heart, but you're wearing a Queensland jersey now, so 
I'm going to have to get around him. Not that I haven't this year, but yeah, sad. Sad seeing what he's doing this year and just being like, why did you leave, man? But we've got chance and yeah, I'm not going not gonna to rant on Reese Walsh at fullback. On the wings, Salwan Cobbo and Murray Taolangi. The Taolangi one honestly surprised me. I know there are plenty of reasons as to why he should be picked, but I would have had Xavier Coates. I probably would have had Dane Gagai in there, but he's wearing a Queensland jersey. So again, I'm going to back him in 100%. Big game for Murray Taolangi. In the centres, Valentine Holmes and Hamaso Tabuai Fido. Oh, which side of the field are they going to play? I don't know. I'm hearing Holmes on the right, Tabuai Fido on the left. To be honest, like whatever. I know it's a big thing of like, who are they going to match up against? Well, there's just a lot of shenanigans. It's like, Hamaso's playing this side. This guy's playing this side. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going just gonna to wait for the game and see who's playing on what side. Uh, but yeah, centers, Valentine Holmes, Hamaso, Tabuai Fido in the halves. Well, these guys are the nucleus of Queensland's success over the last few seasons. Cameron, Munster, Money Monster, and of course the captain, Daly Cherry Evans, who on the surface has captained Queensland to some fantastic wins. But of course, we must remember, it was never smooth sailing for Cherry Evans at the beginning of his tenure. He had to compete with the likes of Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston. There was a lot of talk as well about Cherry Evans. Did his style of play complement the rest of the Queensland outfit? There was a point where despite being one of the premier halfbacks of the competition, Daily Cherry Evans was no certainty uh, to be in that Queensland jersey. Now here he is as the captain. Last year, we did hear a, a few talks of like, do Queensland go with someone like Sam Walker? Well, fast forward uh, to this point, and no disrespect to Sam Walker, but he was playing New South Wales Cup last time I checked. Daily Cherry Evans still at the top of his game. So he continues time and time again to prove why he's the man for that huge number seven jersey. Daily Cherry Evans, not only is he the halfback, arguably the most influential position on the field, he's also the captain. He is the man tasked with helping to lift these boys to another huge Origin Series victory. In the pack for Queensland, Tom Flegler. That one surprised me a bit. I thought he would have been a chance for a spot on the bench, uh, but they've outright gone with Flegler to start. Lindsay Collins alongside him in the front row. Ben Hunt in the dummy half position. In the back row, David Fafita. My goodness, juicy to have Big Dave in a Queensland jersey. Tom Gilbert, who was outstanding in his lone origin appearance so far, and Patrick Carrigan. I mean, on the back of the series that he had last year, parlayed into a World Cup win, Patrick Carrigan is only just scratching the surface of what he can do at this level. And now, having a very intense origin series already under his belt, and kind of having an idea of what to expect, we now see Carrigan move from the bench He's going to start in the lock forward jersey, and I love it. I had seen some talk of like, isn't Carrigan better off the bench? I don't think so. He's been starting for the Broncos and killing it. And yeah, he killed it off the bench for Queensland last year. Uh, but why not have him on from the start of the game? So Patrick Carrigan, he is a major game changer in this Maroons lineup. And on the bench, Harry Grant, Tino Fasua Malawi, Ruben Cotter, and Jai Arrow. Now, Jai Arrow, I believe he's been selected because if you look at the bench, Tino, Ruben Cotter, both middle forwards. And whilst Jai has been playing in the middle this year and is probably more naturally suited to playing in the middle of the park, uh, Jai Arrow, I think his point of difference and why he's been included in the 17 is his ability to cover uh, the edge back row. They don't have a specialist back rower on the bench. So if Tom Gilbert or David Fafita goes down, Jai Arrow can seamlessly slot into the lineup. 18th man, Tom Dearden. What an amazing game he had uh, in the decider last year. And in Jersey 19, Christian Welch. Uh, in my opinion, I would have had him in the side every day of the week. 
Um, but yeah, that surprised me a lot. I, I think Christian Welch actually hugely underrated uh, to what Queensland can produce. But, but with Billy Slater here, it seems like he's got an eye to the future. I mean, Reese Walsh, pretty much at the start of his career. Selwyn Cobbo, Hamaso Tabuifido, Murray Taolangi, Tom Flegler, Lindsay Collins. Feels like he's been around for a while, uh, but he's only just getting started himself. David Fafita's still young, Tom Gilbert's still young, Carrigan, Harry Grant are still relatively young as well, Tino, Cotter. Billy Slater hasn't just named a side for this series. I think he's named a core group of players uh, who can push this next generation of Queensland success. So as far as the team lists, plenty to talk about. But like I said, I don't want to turn a 40-minute podcast into a two-hour podcast. Uh, So those are the team lists. Uh, Talking points. I wrote Luttrell and Turbo in the centres. Not anymore. So I guess that's a talking point. Luttrell out. Stephen Crichton, though. If there's anyone who's proven that he can handle a big occasion at the most high-pressure situations and high-stakes games, I don't think there's anyone else in the competition that has a resume that stacks up in the big clutch moments of producing some individual brilliance than Stephen Crichton. Now, Cameron Munster may have something to say about that, but yeah, just think about Crichton, his intercepts in huge finals, his tries in huge moments. Of course, his field goal for Samoa to get them through to the World Cup final. So despite not having a remarkable series last year, Stephen Crichton, do not sleep on this kid. He is someone I think, honestly, is going to benefit a lot from everyone talking about Tommy Turbo, everyone talking about no Luttrell. It's, it's pretty rare. I mean, at NRL level, every team coming up against the Panthers would be spending a bit of their video session uh, going, going around the dangers of Stephen Crichton. So here, he, he's almost off the agenda. No one's talking about him. And that worries me a lot because Stephen Crichton, I know Luttrell and Turbo, what they've done at Origin has just been otherworldly. But Stephen Crichton is class. And he too, realistically at the very start of his career, already with two premierships, a grand final, a World Cup final with Samoa, an Origin jersey. Stephen Crichton, he's already accomplished as many things as he can in this game. And now it seems like a reasonable time for Stephen to start to announce himself at origin level. I hope not. I hope not. Now, Munster, amongst the toothaches and the calf strains, look, there's also talk Cameron Munster carrying a rib injury. I think this is legit. I don't think it's a beat up. I've heard whispers around the storm that he's been dealing with that. Now, obviously, Cam Munster has played hurt before. We all know uh, he's the X factor for Queensland. But I do wonder if that rib injury really troubles him and Munster can't impose himself on the game, who, who's going to be that guy to stand up? Now, you could argue uh, Cherry Evans can be that guy. Reese Walsh could definitely be that guy. But I am curious, how does Cameron Munster go in this game? And if for some reason the rib injury proves too much, how are they going to shake things up? I think it's pretty clear-cut. Ben Hunt into the halves, Harry Grant into hooker. So that's one thing that does work well for Queensland. With Ben Hunt at hooker, you have backup for the halves. And I think overall, I'd be shocked if Munster doesn't see this game out. But that's one thing not a lot of people talking about that I do think could factor into this game. The rib injury for Cameron Munster, I think it could be a bit worse. Uh, then it's being made made out. Now, as far as selections, I already kind of spoke uh, about the Kalimponga situation. Of course, Dane Gagai dropped as well. That would have to be the biggest omission. And as a Queenslander, I mean, I expected Dane Gagai to be running out tomorrow night. But at the same time, he was the one that was marking Luttrell in the 2021 series. And Luttrell gave him a bath in 21. And I just, yeah, Gagai is an absolute gun. But at some stage, you do need to kind of work out 
Who's that next guy to come through? Massive call from Billy Slater. If they lose this game, I think it's a sure thing that Dane Gagai comes back into the mix. Uh, but Billy Slater, I mean, he's played with Dane Gagai. Not only has he coached him, he's actually played in that Queensland jersey alongside of him. So to make that call, he wouldn't have done it lightly. And Slater's justification for some of his big selections, no Capewell, no Welsh, uh, no Kalen Ponga, no Dane Gagai, he basically said this in his opinion, is what's best for the Queensland team. So clearly Billy has something in mind as to why he's made these selections, and I'm quite curious to wait and see, uh, because on Thursday morning, there are going to be two trains of thought. It's either going to be, holy shit, Billy Slater has just pulled off a masterstroke, Hamaso Tabuai Fido with the game of his life, uh, things like that, or if Queensland fail to show up, I mean, the heart and soul of that side, Dane Gagai, who just lifts to another level in the Origin Arena. That'll be the talk. The guys who weren't playing and how Queensland could have used him. So, big gamble from Billy Slater. Definitely a wait and see uh, as for how it plays out. And of course, we've got some debutants in this game. Uh, just having a look through Tavita Pangai Jr., Hudson Young, for the Blues and Nico Hines playing in their first Origin game. Whilst for Queensland, having a look, it looks like everyone has played Origin except Reese Walsh in their lineup. And even Reese Walsh was supposed to play a couple of years ago. He just got injured. So, yeah, not too many debutants, but the guys who are playing their first game, I don't think anyone on the planet would be saying they don't deserve their spot. So, very excited to see some of the fresh faces at this level and look there is the factor of the Fords you've got Painhas, Tevita Pangai Jr they can totally change the outcome of this game of course Junior Paolo off the bench with Cameron Murray in the middle I really do think Blues have named their strongest possible side but when I look to Queensland's pack who has just that that spark that something different beyond just your average forward. I mean, none of these guys are average. They are playing Origin. But David Fafita, the David Fafita factor. Plenty of talk around his selection. He 100% deserves it. Uh, in my team of the round, uh, on the weekend wrap, David Fafita has been in my team of the round multiple times this year. Uh, so he truly deserves the selection. He's made a lot of adjustments to his game. And now, rather than just being a flashy ball runner, He's a much more complete player. He's clearly spending a lot of time off the park, trying to hone in on his footy IQ and just fix up those little parts of his game uh, that take him from being a great player to an elite world-class player. So that is another thing I'm going to be watching closely this weekend, the David Fafita factor. Outside of Cam Munster, and if there's anyone who's going to be able to unlock David Fafita, it's the money man himself. Uh, so as far as Queensland, I think, look, they'll be worrying a lot about Patrick Carrigan. But if there's one guy in the Queensland pack who just brings something unpredictable that you can't quite prepare for, it's David Fafita. So very keen to see him back at origin level. Of course, he missed out last year. Form wasn't up to it. And full credit to him. I mean, he's a superstar player. And sometimes we see superstars in this position just go, fuck, I'm not the problem, you know, at the Titans who are trying to re-sign him. If David Fafita doesn't have the right attitude, he might just go, fuck it, I'm going to go back to the Broncos, I'm going to go to the Raiders, I'm going to go to one of these teams that are chasing me and going to pay me more money. But by all reports, David Fafita sticks around at the Titans and doesn't kick stones, doesn't say, shit, I should have been selected on Origin on talent alone. What does David go and do? He clearly works his backside off in the preseason. And so far in his young career, we're getting the best version of David Fafita. But that's at NRL level. Origin is a different beast. We all know Fafita is capable, uh, but we're going to have to wait and see exactly what he can bring to the table. Now, key matchups in this game. There's a few of them. 
Uh, the first one I wanted to highlight, Patrick Carrigan, Isaiah Yo. In the last five or so years, we've really seen a change in how teams utilize that lock forward position. For the longest time, it was basically just another prop. There was no ball playing involved, just another big body. Uh, but since we've seen the six again rule, we've seen the interchange drop uh, and seen a couple of other things, it's forced teams to kind of think outside the box. Now Isaiah Yo, alongside Radley and Cameron Murray, they were really the pioneers of this modern day lock forward position and teams slowly started to catch on and now it's a trend across the entire competition. But if you had to pick, you know, your prototype modern day lock forward, I mean, you couldn't get much better than not just Isaiah Yo, but also Cam Murray off the bench. Now, the key difference of why Yo is starting, of course, it's the combinations. He is extremely familiar with RP Corusau, who'll be giving him service. We've seen Yo on so many occasions play that link role between Luai and Cleary in the halves. So all these runs that they have on the board for the Panthers, they carry over to Origin. We know that coaches, they love the combinations at this level. It is something that comes into play around selection. Well, when you look at the combinations, Stephen Crichton and Brian Toto know each other. Fucking, I mean, they're like brothers, literally. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary have been playing together since they were youngsters. Even Tavita Pangai Jr. had a brief stint at the Panthers. So for Isaiah Yo, with all these familiarities and kind of this Penrith flavor amongst the Blues, the one link for all of these exciting players is Isaiah Yo. All these plays come through Yo, and he's not just your typical ball-playing lock. He works as hard as anyone in defense. He makes those real dirty carries uh, and takes tough runs when maybe other players aren't so keen on doing it. So Isaiah Yo, he is probably one that doesn't get spoken about as much, but he is critical to the Blues' success. In fact, I believe he went off concussed, maybe game one last year, and Blues went on to lose. So Isaiah Yo, incredibly important for what the Blues are trying to achieve, as is Queensland's lock forward, Patrick Carrigan. Now, his ball playing, very solid, but what sets Patrick Carrigan apart is his maturity for a player of his age. There are very few forwards that command respect from their teammates like Pat Carrigan does. He is a mad communicator. He really is the one, like a second halfback, organizing the Broncos from week to week. Adam Reynolds, obviously, taking the reins. But Patrick Carrigan is such a leader, not just to the Broncos, but already three games into his career at origin level. He's a vital part of this Queensland machine. So Pat Kerrigan off the back of just an unbelievable, not even a human display last year. He is a massive part. So Isaiah Yo, Patrick Kerrigan, that's why I thought that was the first key matchup I wanted to highlight because Look, they're, pro they're going to be head-to-head, -head, like they will be running at each other and tackling, it, uh, tackling each other, but it's more so their influence for their respective teams. So it's a huge, huge matchup, and whoever out of Patrick Carrigan and Isaiah Yo can really have the better game and impose themselves, that's going to take their state a long way to getting the victory. Then, of course, we have the backline battle. Oh, who's playing on what side? I don't fucking no. Apparently. Apparently. Let's try and break it down so I can just give a little head-to-head -head matchup. They reckon Hamaso on the left uh, with Murray Taolangi and Valentine Holmes on the right with Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, so head-to-head -head that would see and then again like with the Blues. Fuck is Toto playing on the right or the left? I'm thinking right based on no evidence or research. Uh, but Josh Adokar, despite being a natural left winger, the Blues have actually played him a few times on the right side and Toto on the left. Uh, so I wonder on the left, maybe they go Stephen Crichton and Brian Toto. Who knows? That's the thing. This whole side's it's like, fuck, I can't be asked trying to figure it out. Uh, but if we get Hamaso up against Tom Trebojevic, 
That's a juicy matchup. Of course, I mean, to go head-to-head against Tom Trebojevic in the centres at origin level, huge ask. But what Hamaso offers is incredible speed. And we've seen Tom Trebojevic, despite some incredible performances, there have been times this year where he's just seemed a little underdone. Now, whether that's Tommy holding back a little bit to try and prevent injury, or whether that's him already carrying injuries, I'm not too sure. And look, 99 times out of 100, my pick is that Tom Trebojevic fucking dominates. Scares me to think about, but there definitely is a reality where if he's not at 100% full tilt, Hamaso Tabuai Fido has incredible speed, super deceptively strong for someone of his size, and it's a matchup that I think we're going to be talking about come Thursday morning, regardless of who comes out on top. On the other side, Valentine Holmes, Stephen Crichton. Who knows? Who knows how that one's going to go, actually? Both guys very much capable of being game winners for their side. Uh, and I do wonder, I do wonder how Val's confidence is, given where the Cowboys are at right now. Of course, the last game Valentine played in, they got 66 points put on them by the Tigers. The Tigers are like the, respectfully as well, that was an epic win. Loved seeing the Tigers produce that. But like the Tigers are as far away from fucking state of origin as it gets. And they absolutely rinsed the Cowboys. Stafford Toa, I mean, is he eligible for New South Wales? I think he's a Kiwi, but yeah, Valentine Holmes, where's his head at? Yeah, he's proven himself at this level well and truly. But now he's the experienced guy in this uh, back five. Reese Walsh, game one of his career. Selwyn Cobbo, second series of his career. Murray Tal Lungi, second game of his origin career. Hamaso Tabuai Fido, either his second or third game in origin colours. So now Valentine Holmes, he becomes that experienced head in this back five, and we need him to lift more than ever. Thankfully, history would suggest that's exactly what Val's going to do. But up against Stephen Crichton, it's a big ask. If Stafford Toa uh, gave him nightmares, it scares me to think what Stephen Crichton could do. Then we look at the matchups head-to-head on the wing. Like I said, don't exactly know who's playing on what side. And I don't really care for the speculation. I'm like, fuck it, I'll tune in on Wednesday night. I'll check who's on the left wing. I'll check who's on the right. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah, matchups and the preview of the game is huge, but it's like, fuck, is there that much difference between, like, Selwyn Cobo up against Toto or Selwyn Cobo up against Josh Adokar? This is origin. All these guys are absolute superstars of their field. Uh, but let's let's look at it as though Josh Adokar up against Selwyn Cobo. Big discrepancy in experience there. I think Adokar has the speed advantage as well. But Salwan Cobo, this kid, again, just made for origin. And similar to a Dane Gagai. Even like a Jural Yao Yi. Or Yao Ye, uh, to take it back a little bit. Queensland have a knack for bringing these right wingers onto the scene. And then they just explode. Well, now it's Salwan Cobo's turn. And I think having one series under his belt, he's going to be so much more equipped to have a banger performance in this game. And of course, a big talking point... Jerome Luai, a bit of shit talk, love it. Luai obviously cast as a villain. I don't dislike Luai at all. He's actually one of my favorite players, and I love the shit talk. I think it adds so much more. So Selwyn Cobo, at some stage, does he come off the wing to mix it up with Luai? Looking at these squads, there's a lot of ticker. You know, like Flegler, Pangai Jr., Payne Haas, Lindsay Collins doesn't take a pa- uh, backward step, Carrigan, Tom Gilbert. He just quietly could be the biggest shit-stirrer and most aggressive enforcer out of them all. Hudson Young, I'm mean, just looking, Junior Paolo, Tino, Ruben Cotter, Jai Arrow. I mean, there's, there's a lot of this, this squad, a lot of both squads that they're not going to take a backward step. There's something about this game that, look, to say there's going to be a punch-on in 2023 is a big stretch, but judging on the physicality, of last year's series, I think this one's going to be really, really heated. And Jerome Luai 
has almost put himself at the forefront of this heated battle, while Salmon Cobbo, of course, he has that history with Luai. Now, given that Selwyn's on the wing, Luai in the halves, I don't see too many instances uh, where they're going to go head-to-head. But I just think, in general, the vibe right now between these states, it's tense. They don't like each other. They might be great mates at NRL level, outside of Origin, but this is state versus state. This is mate versus mate. And you could be up against your best mate in the whole world, but come tomorrow night, you fucking hate them. You hate their guts. You want to smash their head in. So I just think looking at these two sides, we're going to be in for an absolute treat. And fingers crossed, again, super unrealistic uh, to wish for a punch on. And I don't wish for anyone to, you know, get punched in the head and get seriously hurt unless they're wearing a Blues jersey. Joking, of course. Nothing but respect for the Blues. But, yeah, this just seems like a game where, I don't know... Somewhere in between punching each other in the head and jersey grabbing. I think we're a bit beyond fucking, you know, grabbing each other by the jersey and shoving. I think this game, if there's any of that, it's going to immediately escalate into more. And I'm sure the coaches will be telling their players, keep a cool head. You can almost guarantee someone's getting sin-binned in this game. That's just the nature of rugby league in the modern day. So... They can't afford to be throwing punches, so no doubt the players will be under strict instructions. Do not lose your head, but goodness gracious, I reckon it's going to come close here. Just looking at these sides, feeling the tense rivalry, having the talk on both sides of the fence, something's something's going to come to a head. That's one of my predictions. I don't think it'll be a fight, but I'm calling it now. It's not going to be this bullshit jersey grabbing or head padding. I reckon these guys are going to fucking get into it, and I cannot wait. Cobo up against Addo Carr head-to-head. Murray Taolangi up against Brian To'o. That does worry me. That does worry me quite a bit. Murray Taolangi, great finisher, but he just hasn't been in great form. He's been, like, he hasn't been in bad form. The Cowboys have, but Murray has been playing well. I would have had Xavier Coates on the wing, but then, like, I mean, who are we going to trust here? Me or Billy Slater? Like, so, yeah, who fucking gives a shit what I think? Murray Talangi has earned the spot, and like I said, he's in a Queensland jersey, so you better believe I'm going to be backing him in, but that is a matchup that does concern me. Brian Toto, in fact, being the fucking beta male that I am, I simulated this game on Rugby League Live 4. i tell you what happened. Brian Toto scored four tries, so yeah, the PlayStation has spoken. I don't think he's going to score four tries, but I'm definitely going to be jumping on Brian Toto anytime try scorer. Uh, but now let's look at some other matchups. Of course, you've got the halves, Cam Munster, Daly Cherry Evans, proven they've done it before. Hopefully, they'll do it again up against Luai and Cleary. Now, talk interestingly enough that perhaps if Arby Corusau leaves the field, it's going to be Jerome Luai to move to dummy half, which I find very interesting. Big shake-up uh, to mix your halves up midway through the game. Now, again, this is a wait and see. We'll have to see how they actually utilize their 17. Uh, but Luai, he beats out Nico Hines to partner Cleary in the halves. They are the back-to-back NRL premiers. And on the back of 2021, they showed us what they could do. Last year, clearly wasn't the best, uh, but now they're heading to this game. Really keen to make a statement of intent. That's if Nathan Cleary's tooth doesn't rule him out. Oh my goodness. Crazy drama, as always. Uh, But Jerome Luai, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I actually love him. I actually fucking love Jerome Luai. Always have. Always thought he was a great player. And like, uh, I don't know. I feel like the people who get pissed off about Jerome Luai, like Paul Kent, fucking rest in peace, or whatever happened to that guy. Um, Paul Kent was someone who'd always go hard at Jerome Luai. Uh, But it's always these guys, like Paul Kent, who'll be like, oh, the woke left this. Oh, people are so sensitive these days. Everyone's a snowflake. These are the same motherfuckers that get pissed off about Jerome Luai. I'm like, who's the snowflake? Who's getting offended? Like, seriously? 
You're getting upset about a footy player talking shit? You're getting upset about a footy player talking shit. That's almost a prerequisite to play rugby league. You've got to have a bit of that in you. So, Jerome Luai. Yeah, I'm not one of his haters. Not at all. I'm actually one of his admirers. The game is significantly better for having Luai. And he'll happily play the fill-in role. It doesn't bother him. If it was going to bother him, it would have bothered him somewhere along the road before he got to back-to-back premierships. I don't think much bothers this kid, and that worries me. Jerome Luai, look, there's going to be plenty of attention on Nathan Cleary, but if you don't focus enough on Jerome Luai, I reckon, like, I reckon he's underrated. Not by everyone, but you see those stupid comments of, like, Jerome Luai is nothing without Nathan Cleary. It's like, don't you think part of the reason why Nathan Cleary is killing it is the combination with Jerome Luai? has been going on well before they reached the NRL. Like, Jerome Luai has a lot to do with the Panthers' success, and I will not hear otherwise. But he's in a Blues jersey, so fuck him. Um, yeah, fuck him for this game, but I actually... It excites me. I'm like, well, here's a guy who's going to be starting some shit and really driving that rivalry. How can we not love that? Halves battle, obviously of major importance in this one. You'd have to say probably man of the match or the game winner is going to come from the six or seven from one of these sides. Then, of course, you've got the battle in the front row. Tom Flegler, Lindsay Collins, Payne Huss and Tevita Pangai Jr. They'll be starting uh, with three of those players having played together previously at the Broncos. Lindsay Collins as well. He actually came through the Broncos 20s. So these guys, I'm sure all would have had plenty to do with each other coming through the grades. And yeah, that battle in the front row, starting, like you've got Flegler and Pangai Jr., just aggression personified, Payne Haas, he's just Payne Haas, I mean, it sucks that he's a New South Welshman, that's for sure, he's just going to go and go and go, there's no concerns, there's no worries of like, is Payne Haas going to be up for this game, or what if he gets found out, like, we all know Payne Haas is going to do Payne Haas, and it's scary to think how much energy Queensland will have to focus on to shut him down. And if you focus too much energy on Payne Haas, you might forget about these big boppers coming off the pine. Junior Paolo, Cameron Murray through the middle, not just size and strength with Junior, but also great ball playing, fantastic leg speed from Cameron Murray. As I said, I cannot fault this Blues lineup. In my Blues lineup, again, who the hell cares? I had Cameron Murray on the bench as well. I don't think he's wasted on an edge, but I thought Hudson Young was truly ready uh, to take that starting spot. And I just feel like Cam Murray through the middle. Ah, oh, like, yeah, as a Queenslander, it does concern me a lot. It's like, where do I even start? If it's not Payne Haas, it's bloody Cameron Murray. If it's not Cam Murray, it's Junior Paolo. And in amongst all of this, we've got Tavita Pangai Jr., who's going to be trying to control it in a controlled manner rip people's fucking heads off so yeah that pack for new south wales especially in the middle worries me quite a bit but for the maroons these guys are going to be up for it tom flegler lindsey collins they're kind of in that sweet spot of being young players with most of their career ahead of them whilst also having experience at this level before experience in big games they're hardened And I tell you what, they will take this challenge personally to not let the Blues pack run over the top of them. Then you've got Tino Fasuamalawi, Ruben Cotter off the bench. I think they can make a major impact themselves. In fact, the benches have a huge role to play. Harry Grant, uh, we've seen time and time again, he is best used uh, to successful effect off the bench. Take him out of that early stage of the game, the physical grind, Bring him on, and he totally just changes the game. He dictates the pace, and he's just electric out of acting half. So Harry Grant off the bench, Big Tino, Ruben Cotter, Jai Arrow, and for the Blues, Paolo, Cam Murray, Liam Martin, and Nico Hines. The benches are going to have a huge role to play, no doubt about that. You've got the dummy halves, of course, Ben Hunt, Arpi Corusau. Of course, the interesting difference here. Hunt and Harry Grant are going to be combining, whilst Arpi 
the only specialist number nine uh, in the team. I would have thought maybe Nico plays in the nine, but yeah, talk that Jerome Luai could be the one to shift in there. Who knows though, Avi may end up playing the full 80, but that is definitely a bit of an edge for Queensland, having that Ben Hunt and Harry Grant combination, whilst also not actually carrying two specialist number nines. Ben Hunt is a halfback, so that works perfectly because he starts at dummy half. If there's an injury in the halves, Ben Hunt slots straight in and Harry Grant comes on at hooker. In the back row, David Fafita head-to-head against Tyson Frizzell. I spoke about Fafita before and just that edge he brings, but Tyson Frizzell, he's seen it all before. If there is an experienced head out on that park that is going to be able to mix it with David Fafita, it's Tyson Frizzell. So that's a matchup very much looking forward to. Of course, Tom Gilbert, Hudson Young. In terms of one-on-one head-to-head matchups, that I think could get really fiery. Obviously, Pangai Jr. and Flegler, probably top my list, but Tom Gilbert, Hudson Young. These are two guys both known for plenty of chat out on the park, a lot of aggression, and oh, I can't wait to watch them go at it. I think just Hudson Young, Tom Gilbert. Again, like I just don't think there'll be punches thrown. Ricky Stewart has worked very hard to get those things out of Hudson Young's game. Tom Gilbert, Hudson Young. Oh, like, if this was in the early 2000s and there was a market, like, fucking hell, I'm throwing all my money that Hudson Young and Tom Gilbert would punch on. You look at Gilbert at NRL level for the Dolphins, he gets right in the opposition's faces. And Hudson Young, he's not going to like that. So this is a battle that is probably lost in amongst all the hype of Game 1. But it's one of the battles I'm most excited for. Tom Gilbert up against Hudson Young. And then, of course, the fullbacks. James Tedesco, who I'm also looking at for any time try scorer. But that would just be very un-Queenslander of me. So, yeah, I think I'll hold off on that. And, of course, Reese Walsh. Now, Tedesco, the captain of the Blues. Experienced. Whilst Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh? What the fuck was that? I digress. Reese Walsh, whatever the fuck I just said. Uh, Reese, first game of Origin, but what is most exciting isn't what he might be able to produce here, but what, rather what he could produce for Queensland in the long term. So they're not going directly head-to-head, but you just know both of these guys are going to have a massive impact on the result of this game. Stylistically, Blues in the lead-up have spoken a lot about defense and also about game one specifically, the importance of winning the first game of the series. Last year, they failed to do so. They failed to capture the Origin series and Queensland got it done. So Blues have put a ton of emphasis on the first game of the series and all the talk coming out of their camp is that pretty much exclusively defense, very little Uh, As far as attack, now of course, you'd be silly not to practice some attack, but the word coming out of the Blues, defense, defense, defense. So I see this being a low-scoring game, super physical, and Blues, they've put their intent out there. They're there to defend. That's how they plan to win this game one. Whilst Queensland, given some of the changes from Billy Slater, I don't quite know what they have in store. I'm not too sure what to expect. Now, defense obviously a priority, but when you have guys like Munster, David Fafita, Hamaso, Tabuafido, Reese Walsh, you've also got to think maybe Billy Slater has a couple of attacking tricks up his sleeve. So very, very keen to see how the Blues can implement their defensive structures. Was Queensland? I'm just interested in general how they're going to approach this game. There are electric attacking threats on both sides of the park, So there will be tries, but it seems like game one, and given the physical nature, defense is going to be at the forefront of this contest. Now, a couple of things to get to, and then we'll wrap the podcast. X-Factor player. Uh, I've picked as the X-Factor player, Nathan Cleary. Now, hopefully he can get over this gruesome tooth injury. My goodness, is he going to be out for the season? Who knows? 
but right now the tooth is holding up thank goodness although as a queensland fan hopefully fucking the tooth does get infected that's one i can like happily like i don't want to see guys doing their acls and shit but look if cleary can get ruled out with an infected tooth i'll fucking take it for sure uh, but x factor player in this game i've gone with nathan cleary so much talk from year to year oh when's nathan gonna have his big origin series well it's a pretty big ask to be honest to dominate an origin series there's a reason why very few have been able to do it and i just feel like all this talk of like well nathan cleary might not be that guy at origin level i just yeah you see it time and time again where there's just like this respect factor if when you counterplay it out or don't show them the due respect they deserve, they come out and fucking force you to respect them. So unfortunately, that's what I see happening here. Nathan Cleary, all this talk of when's it going to be his series? You know, when's it going to be the Nathan Cleary series? Well, can we stop asking? Because he's going to fucking make it happen. I'm pretty confident about that. And that's why I've gone Cleary as my X Factor player here. He has combinations coming out the bloody wazoo. Jerome Luai knows the guy like the back of his hand. Isaiah Yo, co-captain alongside Nathan at the Panthers. You've got Stephen Crichton and Brian Toto. Of course, Arpi Corusau linking back up with Nathan as well. So not only does he have these Panthers guys, he's also been given the keys to this Blues outfit over the past few series. So he has familiarity with pretty much everyone in this team. And I just think that mixed with what I call the respect factor, not quite getting that respect, more being like, when's it going to be Nathan's series, rather than being like, how fucking good is Nathan Cleary? It doesn't have to be his series to dominate. It can be a 1-17 to 17 dominance. Uh, but I just think people keep calling for it. People keep asking, when's it going to be Nathan's series? Stop fucking asking, because it's probably going to be this one. And I'd rather it not. So, X-Factor player for game one, Nathan Cleary. Uh, let's hope he can get over this absolutely uh, career-threatening toothache. But who's my point of difference, you ask? Well, brilliant question. First of all, thanks for asking. Uh, point of difference, New South Wales Ford Pack. And look, I can tell you this much from what I know about Origin. It's not played on paper. There have been many, many, many times where New South Wales Blues have had a far better team uh, on paper. It very rarely seems to work out for them, despite having these amazing teams. I think this is different, though. I just feel this is different. I already spoke about the Ford Pack, so I won't break this one down too much. But I just, yeah. Isaiah Yo, that link with pretty much the entire team. Hudson Young, made for origin. Tyson Frizzell. He's just so tough. He's done it time and time again at origin level. And I don't think anyone is concerned about whether Tyson Frizzell can do it again. Uh, but it really is those middle forwards. Tevita Pangai Jr., Payne Haas, Cameron Murray, Jr. Paolo. That's my biggest point of difference. They are going to be going forward. We already know that. They all have the ability for an offload. And this style of play really brings Arpi Corusau into the game, potentially in regards to football IQ, the most dangerous player on the park. So Arpi, look, if the Blues can hold on to the ball, if they are attacking for most of the contest, Arpi could play out the full 80, and if he's at his explosive best, there is nobody who is going to be more capable of capitalising on the go forward than Arpi Corusau. So my point of difference, it's the middle forward specifically, but the forward pack as a whole for the Blues. As a Queenslander, that's what we need to shut down. We need to go head-to-head -head with them in the forwards. No shit, genius. I'm sure that's the plan. Uh, but easier said than done. Lindsay Collins, Tom Flegler, exceptional players. Uh, as are Ruben Cotter and Tino Fasua Malaawe. But outside of probably Tino, none of those guys have that x factor that just something else that they bring they are world-class front rowers they are playing origin for a reason but Payne Huss is just like superhuman he really is 
He seems like it anyway. Davida Pangai Jr. has that aura and level of unpredictability. You don't quite know what he's going to bring. So it's hard to plan for a Tavita Pangai Jr. And I just think overall, I just think, yeah, Junior Paolo as well. He's someone who has that that extra layer to his game rather than just being your stock standard front rower, a tough physical prop. Paolo, I mean, he has the offload, the second phase play, which he can bring into the mix. Coming off the bench as well. Uh, so coming on against tired legs. Let's say Tavita Pangai Jr., Payne Haas come off for a spell. Junior Paolo and Cameron Murray on. And I think once Murray comes on, they're just going to leave him on. So yeah, I just see a lot of punch in the middle for New South Wales. That's my point of difference. And that is why I'm going New South Wales in this game. Super un-Queensland of me, I know, fucking sue me. Just giving my honest, honest take, honest take. Because everyone, including me, I've been guilty of it. But like, you watch all these shows and it's like, what's your prediction for the series? And the Queenslander says Queensland. The New South Welshman says New South Wales. I'm just going to say it as I see it. I think the Blues Ford pack is going to be too hard to stop. I've gone Blues 20-14. to 14. Um, I've thrown in Brian Toto, anytime try scorer. And yeah, Blues 20-14. to 14. I'm probably going to be a lower scoring one than that, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, let's finish the podcast. Two predictions for you. That's right, two predictions. First, game one prediction. New South Wales, get it done. But now it's time for my bold series prediction. You didn't really think I was just going to, you know, praise New South Wales and get around those bunch of flogs. Nah. Again, I actually, maybe like 10 years ago when it was like Gallon, even though I love Gallon as a player, and like Robbie Farah, Mick Ennis, there was definitely a period there where it was like, yeah, fuck these New South Wales guys. They're flogs. Love watching them lose. But now it's like, yeah, I actually have a great appreciation for these this Blues side. And it's like, other than Jerome Luai, like, you know, what are you going to be like? Fuck Nico Hines? Fuck Cameron Murray? Look, uh, no way. They seem like the nicest guys. So, yeah, New South Wales to win game one. Here's my bold prediction. Queensland, come back. Queensland win the series. That's what I'm going with here. I say Blues, they've been focusing super, super hard, all their energy on getting game one right. And I think they will. But I'm going to go Queensland to win the series. So I've got Blues winning in Adelaide. Game two, I'm taking Queensland. I don't give a shit who they play. Hopefully Dane Gogo comes into the mix. But you know what? I'll back the guys that we have now as well. And yeah, I mean, that's the podcast. We're finishing off with those two picks. Blues for game one. Queensland for the series. I feel like that is a bold prediction. It's not It's not often you see a team surrender a 1-0 lead and come back to win the series but i'm going queensland now yes definitely an element of bias given that i'm a queenslander but i'm trusting billy slater here so yeah game one i just cannot go past the blues i just can't i think they're going to be too much but the beauty of origin it's a three game series queensland new south wales after this game they're going to have a little bit more of an idea of what they're up against how to game plan for that And I think Queensland, they'll be able to make the adjustments. It might just take a bit of a kick up the ass in game one. Now, I'll be stoked beyond belief. If the Maroons can get game one done, then we'll be be on. But that's my bold prediction. Blues game one. Queensland series. Taking Queensland in games two and three. Spoiler alert for the previews that will be happening. Those podcasts. I can tell you right now for free. Queensland games two and three. There you go. Bold prediction. Big old bold prediction. And that's it. That's all there is to it. I've given my bold prediction. I've given my game one prediction. I've given the preview for game one. Hopefully I didn't talk too much shite and you were able to enjoy it. And of course, if you did enjoy today's podcast, we're looking at the moment seven podcasts in seven days. Now let me just break down this week for you rather than the weekend yesterday monday 
Weekend Wrap podcast for round 13. Went through all the action across the weekend. So if you want to check that out, that's already been posted. You can follow us on your preferred platform. You'll be able to check that out. Uh, Or, of course, you can follow us over on Instagram. We've got the links to the pod up there and post every time there's a new release. Uh, But Monday, weekend wrap. Today, Tuesday, origin preview. Tomorrow, Wednesday, NRL round 14 preview. Bit of a busy badger this week. Thursday, state of origin review. I'll actually sit down, watch the game, and do a little podcast on my thoughts. Friday, not Rugby League, uh, but I will be releasing the UFC Fight Night uh, Predictions podcast headlined. Here we go. Here's a bit of a, an intertwining uh, from NRL into the UFC. Amir Albazi up against New Zealand Warriors wrestling coach and elite flyweight Kai Don't Blink Cara France. So we've got the origin preview. You're listening to it now, so not much point in plugging that. Tomorrow... NRL preview, Thursday origin review, Friday UFC preview, and of course over the weekend, plenty of podcast content to come out as well. Uh, So where the hell am I going to find all this time around work? I'm doing my best, but yeah, basically I've got to sign this one off and get on to the next. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it as always. Thanks for listening, and most importantly... Don't just take care of yourselves, which is also important. I'm going to be taking care of ourselves, but most importantly, most importantly, enjoy the footy. Enjoy State of Origin. It's going to be an absolute ripper, and I think this is going to be heated and as confrontational as any State of Origin that we have seen in the modern era. It's going to be a belter. Cannot wait, and I'll be back on Thursday with all my thoughts on Game 1. Cheerio!